is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio Football Edition. My name is Eric. I'm your host. Glad to have you with us. We are coming to you live from various parts of these United States. Chris and myself here at HQ per usual. John is in Denver with his new neighbor, Lord Stanley's Cup. Coach is surviving Oklahoma <clears throat> summer as we roll into July. Angela is here as well, joining us from somewhere in the Badger State. And Plot Twist live shows on Thursdays from now on. We're going to be doing live podcasts once football season is here anyway. So let's work the bugs out in July. We're not going to be putting an unprepared squad on the field in September. We'll have our shit together by then and be running like a Swiss watch. So. Before we dive right into the football, let's do the thing where we go around the room and summarize our current mood and location because the marketing department tells me that that sort of thing humanizes us. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Wonderful. In a word, a triumph. Yeah. Yeah. About about to uh, get off here. I'm going to hit some wings, probably a couple of uh, adult beverages and hit the hot tub, turn in early. Got a busy day tomorrow, mowing the lawn and whatnot, preparing for next year's lessons. Tell you what, that's not a bad evening right there. John, what's going on right. out there? Are they partying in the streets or have they gone home now? They are. They are. Big parade today. Um, I unfortunately didn't make it down. It was raining. Um, I had some tennis rained out. I too will probably hit the hot tub and life is good. Man, we got to yeah. get a hot tub at HQ, Chris. These guys got hot tubs. Yeah, you do. Hey, you guys are missing out up there. Look, listen, I, I talked to the corporate accounting. Send it. Amazon, send it. Prime it. Be, be there tomorrow. Hey, hey, you want to hear something funny is right before we just went on the air, this is our neighbor chat just texted me, Chris, do you have a minute to spare for a hot tub ozonator question? Because I wired their whole hot tub in and everything. They, uh, so it's funny that you say that. I don't have a hot tub, but I do work on everybody that needs it. <laughs> It's all that matters. You got access to one. You've got one. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Exactly. That's, that's Same even, difference. That's even better. It's like your buddy having the boat. You know what I mean? You just use it and go home. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's Exactly. It's twice as good. <laughs> Angela's what back. What about your hot tub situation down there? <laughs> Angela, are you a hot tub household or not? Apparently, everyone is. I Everybody's am doing not. It. Um <laughs> You and fun, but no, we're not, alas. <laughs> a lot of the best things in life are both you and fun. Absolutely. That's true. Oh, yes. Oh, so great. true. Oh, so true. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Jonathan. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a whole list of shit to talk about, but then UCLA and USC pulled up stakes and moved to the Big Ten. So I guess we're talking about <clears throat> that right off the bat. Coach, how many teams were in the – there were 16, and now it's the big 18? I don't even know. I remember when they put the 11 in there, when I was just a wee lad. Yeah, I don't – I don't I don't know. I I, th- I think that there, it's going to be interesting, but I just hope it doesn't start the domino effect of the, the, the super conferences again. Now, I, I was thinking about this objectively a little bit earlier as we were kicking this around via text. You know, this is really opening a door for the um, teams that are left over in the Big 12 and uh, also the teams that are left uh, out in the Pac, what, what is it, the Pac-12 or whatever they are out there, the ones that are, that are going to be left there. There's going to be some opportunities, but they're going to have to put something together and, and replace those two. You know, the Big 12's replacement, when you first – heard about it when OU and Texas were leaving everybody around here was freaked because uh, you know what's OSU going to do and how in the world is that going to work and you know the the conferences the schools that they brought in are really going to be exciting I mean and I'm pretty excited about that but I will say this it all hinges upon the expansion of the playoffs and here's why I say that because as we've talked many times on this show 
you can't be the younger brother and run the table and not be able to punch a ticket to the to the dance you can't that can't happen and so if you are the um the the Pac-12 or the um the Big 12 the new Big 12 conference in which we I don't know if you guys knew that they they just got a new commissioner this this week um the old one was horrible uh I don't know that he really did anything for the conference but <clears throat> you know, kiss Texas and OU's ass as they left. But um, they've got to come together and expand this so they make sure that they get to punch their conference champions ticket to the dance. And that's really the way it needs to be. They need to they need to go ahead and expand it and make sure that every conference champion gets gets to go. Um, and, and, and also, another argument, I'm, I'm taking you down another rabbit hole, and I'm sorry about this, but it needs to be said. Everybody plays a conference championship or nobody. The, the the one teams that do, the one teams that don't, that's bullshit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I'm worried about is we're going to lose what college football is in these super conferences. Brandon Walker had a, had a tweet that summed it up pretty well, I thought. He said, we've been headed towards super conferences, but I never thought we'd have USC, Ohio State, and Michigan in the same conference. This is all about money. That's no secret. but Will this make college football better? If college football abandons its regional roots entirely, it's going to suck. And it, that's what college football is. It's the Tiger Walk. It's, you know, Death Valley at night playing Alabama. It's, you know, Ames, Iowa with the Cowboys coming in. It's these regional rivalries that have been built up over years. And these teams have hated each other for generations. And now you're just going to drop the UCLA Bruins in the big house and expect me to care about that? I, I don't think I can. Angela, you're a Big Ten fan. How do you feel about these weird California bros coming over here? I agree totally, 100%. I have um, a closet that's already full of um, rivalry t-shirts of teams that I already hate. There's just no more hate in my heart, so I don't have room for that. <laughs> I agree totally. I think that it kind of ruins it. Um, in a sense that um, it's not what it was, and I'm really <clears throat> tradition-based, you know, I'm all over that, and I don't know that it would be terribly exciting. I don't think that it would be that much more exciting. I don't know that it would be that much more of a draw compared to what we have going on already. Like, the conference is already super strong. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles isn't going to care about a game against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They they barely care you know, about USC. <laughs> you know, I know John's going to have a lot on this, but but USC is is a perennial power. It's been a sleeping giant for a while. With Riley going back there, it's no secret he didn't want any part of the SEC, and so he he went out there. I don't think the Big Ten scares them, and USC's uh, uh it's it's one of those names. It's a draw. You know, UCLA, you could take it or leave it, but man, you, you, USC and Michigan every year is, is, is going to draw some fans. So I can see the appeal. I don't know what to think. Part of me wants to hate it. Part of me wants to love it because I just want to see USC kick Ohio State's ass. Um, as, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I have kind of a weird relationship with the Big Ten. I somewhat like Illinois, but they can't get their stuff together at all. Um, and to be honest, I just love the idea of USC flying their football players out to Rutgers, New Jersey, <laughs> and seeing how that goes. Uh, I think it'll be – here's the thought that I had. Does this hurt their recruiting at USC? Because they these kids are signing up to play on the West Coast against the Oregons and some of the other banner teams. And, and I don't know how much weight that carries, but – I do know that um, they better place these guys in the conference with Michigan and USC or else they're going to be some really unhappy recruits. Uh, you don't sign up to, to join the Big Ten and don't play the big boys if you're USC. So I think they'll probably pamper um, USC and UCLA will probably not, I would imagine, because UCLA hasn't been relevant in forever. Is Brian Kelly still their coach? I don't even know, but... Um, I, I'm interested to see the matchups, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not somebody who clings to the history of, of college football so much, um, having only really been a fan since about 2002, 2003. Um, so this is all normal for me. 
I'm not shocked. Um, I'm shocked at how quickly it's getting done. I mean, they just have to dot the T's and cross the cross the I's, so to speak, <laughs> or uh, dot the lowercase J's to have another Wayne's World reference in there. Um, it, it, that quick move is just kind of alarming how quickly they can just pick up shop and move. That's what's strange. Yeah, like they just pulled the bricks out from under their trailer and took off down the road. I think Brian Kelly is at LSU with his family, if I recall. Well, I meant, um, did I say Brian Kelly? I'm sorry. Chip. The Chip ah. Chip, the one who uh, <laughs> sucked everywhere else he's gone except, except Oregon. Oregon. He was not welcome in Philly very well. Yeah, no, he was that, phenomenal in Oregon. I was Oregon. there when he did that. This yeah. this Eagles team, just a side note, this Eagles team reminds me a lot of that Vince Young super team, and it could be mm-hmm. similar results for them. Coach, what do you th- – but, but honestly – You go, John. Uh, the last thing I would say is I would take Oregon over UCLA in a heartbeat. I don't know. Like when Texas and Oklahoma picked up shop, it was like the two cute girls at the party looking for the next better party. And then this one, it's just like, oh, it's like the cute girl and her ugly little sister. Yeah. UCLA was hot back in the day, but she's lost her fastball a little bit. Coach, what happens to the Pac-12 now? Does it just dissolve slowly into the Big 12 and like the Mountain West? I think – I think they go out and scramble to add, you know, some somebody that's relevant. Um, you know, the I, I thought the big the Big Twelve did a great job when they brought over, you know, uh, BYU and Cincinnati, South Florida, because those are teams that have been relevant. Um, they've been Houston. I mean, Houston, and and they're not afraid to play with anybody. But you know, the more intriguing fact for me is the style difference. These are drastically different styles of of football and 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 that is really fascinating to me because i i believe you know that's the one thing lincoln riley will bring to the conference that that is unheard of in the, in big 10 country and that's a thing called offense they, they they're going to actually throw the ball around and they're going to do it well um they they do have a, a quarterback up there that that i watched quite frequently last year and he can flat out get it um they will score some points at usc and that will be a, a different kind. It will be really interesting to me to watch the the defenses of the of the Big Ten, which don't get me wrong. I mean, they play a little defense in, in a place called Wisconsin. I mean, they, they do have that. But the style difference in itself is intriguing to me. And I was shocked that of all of the choices that they could have made, that, that's, that that was what they thought was in the best interest for them. It makes it leads me to believe that the mega conferences are very much going to happen. Um, I, I don't know what happens to the rest of the Big 12 schools. I, I felt like that they, um, I mean, uh, the Pac-12, I feel like that they are definitely definitely taking hits right now, but you got to go survey the, the best of the rest. You know, uh, I don't know. you, you got to find something. So, Coach, here's my question to the Big 12. Is Did they just really screw the pooch on this and not get USC and UCLA to go to the Big 12? Why, why the Big 10? Geographically, it doesn't make sense. Competition-wise, uh, I would say the style of play and the competition, I, I, they almost fit just as well in the Big 12, if not better, than the Big 10. So is this the commissioner being terrible, or is this something where USC and UCLA have been colluding with Big 10 far beyond well, this, what we know? There's two things, and, like you said. Yeah. That, that is exactly it, John. Yeah, they, no one knew this was going on. They said this is, deal has been in the works for the last year and a half. Today's the first day we hear about it because they're going to announce it. Now, I, I will say this. I will put some – Some. I think his, his name is Bowlesby, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I can't remember. Maybe that that's probably not right. But the guy that left that was the Big 12 commissioner this, this year, he just left this week, and they named a new one. They were trying to get uh, the CEO of Jay-Z's corporation. But anyhow, the, the, the one that just left, he did a piss-poor job. And he really got roasted when when OU in Texas had talked about leaving forever. And that had been something that was not new, and it was ongoing. And he did nothing to really stop that. He did nothing Bowlesby, to really yes. uh, you know, get, out, get out front of that. Bob Bowlesby, yes. He did nothing to get out front of that or, or nothing to, to try to uh, you know, entice him back in or, or even and, – and here's the thing is they had legal ramifications to keep him 
and, and could have at least tied him up in contractual obligations uh, until, I want to say, 2025. But he did none of that. It, it, and so I don't know that um, he was capable enough to woo someone like USC. And, and I will, in this, his defense, say I don't know that they realized that USC and UCLA were shopping different conferences. And what I mm-hmm. found it weird is when this was all going down, when the dominoes started to fall, I didn't understand why, as a conference commissioner, you wouldn't be on the phone to every co- every one of them, every one of them. Any, anybody that wasn't already a member in the conference should be on the horn to their athletic director and their department going, hey, how, uh, how happy are you with your situation? What, what do you got going on? I, you go door to door. I'm serious. And, and, and you compile a short list of candidates and you kind of move down the list that way. None of that was ever happened. And, and, and then these conferences just show, I mean, these teams just show up and go, yeah, we're going to go ahead and swap. Oh, and by the way, we've been working on this for a year, so we're not going to do it in 2025. We're going to go ahead and do it like now, which I, I, I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> and, yeah, and these two the will way. go. And now we're, now we, we have the conversation that we're having right now. What happens to the Pac-12? Because now they've got to go shop. They've got to do the same thing. So why would they not be on the phone to every, you know, mid-major team out there? You know, your 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 ones that I, anybody not affiliated with a conference or anybody that's affiliated with a conference that is not as good as yours, you you ought to be picking the best of the rest. That, that's how it's going to have to go. Is there going to be a certain point where conferences kick teams out? because they're getting a little crowded. Like, I'm sure the Big Ten would love to just bump Rutgers out. I mean, I guess the more is the merrier. But, like, Vanderbilt and SEC, it's almost like they need to redistrict college football in general because uh, Vanderbilt is is not in the right weight class <laughs> when it comes to almost every sport in SEC. Well, everything but baseball. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have your outliers, right. but um, – in, in the other sports do matter, uh, unfortunately, not right now. And that's kind of the sad part, too, is like the Pac-12, I think about Oregon State, you know, Oregon, uh, like they've got some really good. Arizona, Arizona programs. State. I mean, there's some great ones yeah. out there. Some some really fun teams to watch. And it's just all being dictated by football, which I understand, but it kind of stinks. And, and I heard today that they were thinking um, some of the national guys are, are talking about just creating um, a different entity for college football where it runs itself. It, it That sounds a little bit much, but it actually would make the most sense where it's almost like football is its own entity. And it, I think it would save a lot of strife for a lot of these other athletic programs that don't have the same funds that are flying across the country. Again, USC to Rutgers is not going to be a fun flight for women's lacrosse when they don't have the same funding or the same facilities or the same treatment, things like that. We John, talked did you about say it on funding? this show. <laughs> we talked about it on this show. We talked about that we're not that far away from – I believe that we're not that far away of seeing the end of the NCAA. I really do. I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're a terrible organization <laughs> to begin with that doesn't do a very good job, um, and, and they're trying to lasso the wind after – Things have already been done, so I'm sure they'll play catch up to this some way or try to influence somehow. But I, I don't. There's got to be a better way to run and and regulate college football than what we have going on right now, because it just really does seem like the wild west. And a lot of people. And and this is what I was going to ask you. With that, do you think this was the Big Ten's answer for OU and Texas going to the SEC? Is this their tit for tat? I have no idea. I mean, I was so surprised at this because it makes no sense, really. Um, it, it, it goes to show that unless you're an, an insider in some of the some of these deals, you have no idea. This was a really well kept secret. Absolutely, nobody was talking about this at all. So the fact that they can keep this under wraps is almost like it's just these guys are shady people that can that can move and shake in the middle of the night. And the next thing you know. Uh, two of the more storied programs in all of college sports are just joining the Big Ten. <laughs> Shady people, midnight deals, money. John, it sounds like you are in the mood for another rousing round of our favorite game, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? 
<laughs> That's right, kids. No more McDonald's bags for you. Oh, no. It's all above board now. What do you want? Money? Cars? A luxury condo? The lacrosse coach's wife? Just say the word and ye shall receive on who wants to be a millionaire. First up, Jaden Rashada. He is a four-star quarterback recruit out of Pittsburgh, California. I hate when cities do that. Who committed to Miami. His agent, Michael W. Caspino, told Jeremy Crabtree of 1-3 Sports that he, quote, left millions on the table by choosing Miami over the Florida Gators. Crabtree then seemed to back up Caspino's assertion by confirming with multiple sources that the Gators, through the officially partnered NIL fund, the Gator Collective, there's that word again, John, collective, offered Rashada, Rashada a package worth $11 million in total. $1.5 million more than John Ruiz, a Miami booster, who has drawn the attention of the NCAA, had offered him. He did not pick the highest offer, Caspino said. He went there because he loves Miami, the coaches, and the opportunity. Yeah, and Amber Heard is just a bit quirky. First of all, this is just what they're telling us about as far as specifically money. Whatever Miami offered was better. I mean, come on. You know he got the full he-got-game recruitment trip plus an offer of so much money that he could blow his knee out as a rookie and still be fine for life. And he said, no, thanks. John, you probably best understand here what kinds of things might these collectives be getting creative with other than flat endorsement fees. I think we talked about it a little bit in the past, so I won't go, I dive into it too much. But, uh, you know, until it gets defined and until the NCAA starts actually uh, enforcing these, which doesn't seem that they want to, it could be anything. Um, again, it's just a dark pool of money, which usually doesn't end well. Usually doesn't end well. We've talked about it a ton here. This is a train with no brakes. It's and and people. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I mean, you think it's bad now? Give it three years till people are uh, be. You know, families are getting private planes and stuff. It'll happen. That's where we're headed. That's this is. It's ridiculous. They've they've got to do something and. And, and and the NCA, the first time that they come to crack down on that, what are you going to use? What are you going to use? Uh, yeah, we don't think this is right. Well, I mean, for the last three years, everything's been right. But I mean, we've got kids driving around on, uh, you know, at the University of Texas, uh, you know, college athletes driving around in Ferraris, and you're telling me that's right? Because that's going on. It's happening. And, and so, if you're a young college athlete, get it while it's hot. Because uh, I mean, I don't I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna regulate that. It's they've let it go so long now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's out of control. Yeah, I just don't see how the mob isn't using this uh, to clean their money. They got they have to be. <laughs> I mean, dogs and cats living together. That's what we have. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. There could be some stipulation that that bans that very ex, like explicitly, and somebody's looking at it. But it does not sound like that. It doesn't sound like the government has gotten involved. It doesn't sound like the NCAA is getting involved. So, uh, again, said it before, say it again. We've got more than one Netflix documentary in the works yeah. happening oh. right now. Yeah. You you heard it here first. 2024 point-shaving scandal, insert your favorite college team. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. People yeah. are going to – Just today, um, there was a coach at Texas A&M – talking to recruits saying there's a lot of money coming to you guys from the people in those boots pointing to the boots <laughs> up in the, the uh, by the press boxes and all that, all the luxury suites. It's just getting a little shameless. Um, again, it's not nothing that's new. It's just something that is now out and open and, and where we all used to turn a blind eye and just assume it was happening. It's just happening right in front of us. And we're kind of seeing how the sausage gets made. That's part of a, the, that whole, um, twisted, growing, um, I, guess, I guess completely annoying topic of how athletes are getting groomed to getting paid for the work that they're not doing. Like if you're not a professional athlete and you're at that level and you're getting paid like that, you're getting all of these kickbacks and then you find yourself like being thrown into the mix. Like there's this, an air of like entitlement, right? So you get these people, guys, gals, whoever on these teams who um, 
you know, feel like maybe they don't have to do the work to get to where they need to be or they're wanting or oh, being groomed with, along with their uh, handlers or whomever else. Actually, some of those people should have handlers <laughs> um, to be wanting to earn or yeah. I should say, yeah. be given money that they're not earning. And I think oh, that's yeah. the part that like makes me irritated because it's just it's just feeding that whole fire. I think it's annoying. <laughs> It, there could be a whole females, female athlete aspect to this um, that could get strange as well. Um, and, you know, if there's preferential treatment given to female athletes who maybe fit an advertising slogan or something better. I mean, you don't really see that too much with guys, but just as you were kind of talking, it kind of occurred to me that the world is not always the most <laughs> uh, fun place or a uh, fair place for women. And I, I could see, how it could get bastardized, maybe I'm just being um, too much, but I could also see why you might want uh, the prettier girl to join in, in the NIL and join your, your team or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe I'm speaking what? out of turn. Well, she's photogenic. I just know how the world works. What if what yeah. if we go one step further and we take the Title IX into it? Three years from now, they audit the amount of money given to male athletes versus the amount of NIL deals given to female athletes, and now we have a fight. Because right. they're not equal in any way, shape, or form, and we there is in no way, shape, or form that they will be even remotely equal. So, so you know they get their swords out now and and start with the whole. Well, how is this distribution equally according to Title Nine? It's not. It's it's not. And so, I mean that it's it's Pandora's box. It's been that way forever. Like John said, we you know we've always known, and and Angela, you said that too. We've always known that it went on to the top one or two percent, and we just wanted to turn a blind eye and hope that it didn't happen. The the, the Pandora's box now is that the bottom one or two percent are the same as the top two percent. They're getting anything you can get. You're you're getting any deal that you can cut, and there's no there's no regulation on that. There's no, and until the first one or somebody does something, that's the way it's going to be. It's it's it's. I just see like in. Again, I'm kind of speaking freely, but I just picture a Buddy Garrity type being like, I want all the cheerleaders to come and advertise at my car dealership, and I want to pick the cheerleaders. Like, is there anything keeping some sleaze back from doing that right now? I don't think so, because they get scholarships too. So I never thought about uh, the the woman aspect to this, because largely we've I've seen deals where, like, uh, I think there's these twin basketball players that got a huge NIL deal. But again, there are these really cute TikTok stars that are now getting a huge NIL deal. And it it just seems like, oh, gosh, this is going to get kind of gross. I think it's definitely headed that way. Did you guys see that Trayvon Williams is a professor at A&M now? That he's going to teach a class on NIL deals? That's, that's where we're at? That, Does he have, like, a background of – Money management. I think he has a background of advertising. <laughs> I don't. I don't know much about the guy. I just think that this is this is what we're going to do now. We're going to give college credit now for people that I, I don't know. It's just a bad deal. It's there's so many. It's it's just fruit of the poisonous tree here. Right. It just keeps on keeps on going. So who's teaching that class then? Like whose best interest? That, but but I'm saying like who is he representing? Like is he the curriculum? Is that like curriculum based towards the athlete? Like hey, this is how it should be. This is what you should do. This is what's best for you. Or is it like curriculum based towards the institution? Like hey, this is what we want to tell them, which is best for them, which is what we want them to know, which is you know I don't saying that you're offering a class to advocate for them. I don't know like what does that mean? Like what is yeah. what is that? No, I that's a valid point. Involved. I'd love to see the syllabus on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and yeah. dole that out. Is there a text with that? Because I'd sure love to see the textbook order. <laughs> more money, more I'm, problems. I'm sure he wrote, <laughs> right. I'm sure he wrote the textbook, and it's $400. Exactly. Just like every college. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, Let me tell you, <laughs> when, I was, when I was going through college, it was – you got real creative with how you stole your textbook because it was like, this is the most justifiable crime I'm ever going to commit. Yes. <clears throat> I'm going to steal this textbook because one, I know the professor wrote it and he changes four words a year. And so we would get super creative and that's where you saw some real, real initiative take place is broke college kids getting shaken down for $400 saying, nah, I'm not 
Well, and let, and and let's be honest that that's that's the biggest crime going on in America today is textbook textbook buyback. It's that's that's mm-hmm. a scam all in itself. We could do a whole show on what mafioso is behind all that nonsense because there is one. Uh, you buy a book for for two hundred fifty dollars and sell it back for twenty, and then they turn around and sell it the next year. I, and that's going yeah. on. That's going on at every college campus near you. Now what? Well, I mean, I got the agenda. Browns want a one billion dollar stadium. They, they can't. They can't. Uh, <clears throat> one thing at a time, Cleveland. Uh, one thing at a time. That one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they might want to clean up the city a little bit first. Hey, <clears throat> never mind what the, cleaning up the city of Cleveland. How about cleaning up their own franchise? That that thing is a dumpster fire with on a top of a gasoline plant. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean that that does the Watson deal not look worse and worse every day that it goes on. I mean it, and it's only yeah. gonna. I mean, what next week? What are we gonna have a, a verdict next week? You think they're gonna mm-hmm. suspend him for a year? No, I I don't want this to go away, but I want this to get resolved, and I think that's kind of a, an important distinction. It, it gets we're just rehashing basically more iterations of the same thing. And it's it's like we love picking at that scab, and I'm so tired of hearing about it. And again, to be clear, it's not something I want to go away. It's like, can we just resolve this and, and move on with our lives? We we know who he is. We know what he did. Uh, let's just bring this to a close so that we can figure out who we're drafting and, and fantasy. And I know that's selfish, but uh, it it it's just it's really run its course. Have they not, like a soap opera, though, have they not set out to make Baker the villain and now have turned him into the hero in this deal? Yeah. I mean, they're they're yeah. essentially going to be put in a position to have to turn around and kiss his ass. That's, what's, that's where we're headed. I mean, they're going to have to or going to have to try to get him to do something for them after all of this. I mean, it, it's the most dysfunctional situation I've ever seen, and it just – Every day it ge- keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> our favorite topic. Our favorite topic. One guess. What's our uh, favorite topic on this show? The bottom of the list. <laughs> I had to. Not anymore. We're with Baker and, and, the, and the Watson situation and what a shamble Cleveland is. Oh, man. They want a billion-dollar publicly funded stadium, too. I haven't read that article yet, but I did get a good chuckle out of it, out of the concept. Did, did it's you not? At no cost to them. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite part. At no cost to them, all the cost to the taxpayers of Cleveland. That is that is my favorite part. When and when I read that, I just was like, "Who on God's green earth is running the PR department over at the Browns? Who? Because the, every two years you go, man." Did, can they get any worse? And okay, they have become worse. Just when I think you can't get any dumb. <laughs> yeah. yes, that's dumb, exactly dumb. what Cleveland is. <laughs> totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been on my soapbox about these new stadiums. And I, I, I just I love the old school. You go to a stadium and it's just the stadium. And then all the neighborhood around it is built up with bars and stuff like that. And that's fun. It's, it creates a great environment. I don't want Disney world in every city celebrating all, all sorts of fandom that makes actually going to the game that much more expensive. Yeah. And a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah. You, you got a $10 hams across the street and then you went to Wrigley and then you got a $14 hams. Yeah. And that's what makes Wrigley so awesome. Hams. Yes. (laughs) Where it isn't what it is, it's amazing. Damn. Tonight's the night you fight your dad. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> hams and old style. You're not thinking of hams or old Fuck style. Those guys. Guys. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> hams. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> hams. Bro, I think she's into me. <laughs> hams? Why? Because. <laughs> you shut your mouth. That's why. Yeah. Hams. It's like Malort. Are you guys familiar with Malort? Do what? Are you guys familiar with Malort? Oh my gosh. Well, I could turn this into story time, but long story short, it's by far the worst alcohol ever made on planet Earth. It tastes like tinfoil. 
Oh, that's hard hard to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the guy, Jepson's Malort, is made in Chicago. (laughs) Jepson famously lost his taste, but there was one thing he could taste, and that was Malort, and he made it. Another uh, brewery or distillery came in, uh, Few, which is actually a really good distillery, and tried to make Malort because, after all, Malort is a type of alcohol. It's not really a name brand. And so they put Malort on all their bottles and got sued by Jepson's Malort. So then they had to go and get all the bottles off the shelves, and literally with markers, they scratched off Malort and then wrote Anguish and Regret. And so it was Few's ang- Anguish and Regret. What does this taste like? Anguish. Tinfoil and regret. Uh, wet sock and tinfoil. Nice. Nice. Oh, man, nice. That's where I got tonight's night. You're going to fight your dad. That was uh, the unofficial slogan of Malort. <laughs> Could work for hams as well. Did you guys talk about how yesterday um, Baker hosted a charity event while Deshaun Watson was at a legal hearing? <laughs> this is the most brown thing ever. I feel like Today they say in that Cleveland. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they give us a lot of opportunities to say this is the most important thing ever. It's so bad. I don't don't even understand. I don't know that. You know what the best part is? This is the best part. Watson is there because the team said when they brought him in, they wanted an adult at quarterback. (laughs) And now you've got Baker hosting a charity event while this one's in court. <laughs> this this is it's, this it's is so elegant. bad. At it's, what point does the league step in and go, "That's enough. That's enough." And 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 does the social justice outweigh the league stepping in and going, mm, "Maybe we'll send this guy away for ten weeks, and he comes back, and everybody's good with it." I mean, yeah. that's that's my that's that's where I'm I'm looking at this. Because it's pretty obvious that Cleveland has no intentions on doing anything other than just holding on to themselves and hoping for the best, you know, trying to trying to cover up like the like a big kid in dodgeball. But that they're they're headed they're headed down a, a road of disaster here. And at some point, you got to think that Goodell, with all of the things that is, are, are going on with him, is going to step in and go, hey, let's figure this out. Enough is enough. I mean, they said I think I read that there's a no timetable on the decision. Every day that there goes without a, we go without a decision. We have a new story from Cleveland that that they're on fire somewhere else. Goodell's gonna if play the this... role of Polly and tell uh, Henry that he has to go home to Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe you gotta go Maybe. home. You gotta go, go back to Baker. Go get Look, your shoe shine. Huh? You're not gonna trade him, okay? You're not gonna <laughs> trade him. Look, I'll yeah. talk to him. I know exactly what to say, especially then. He's going to smooth it over. You're going to give him a nice bonus. It's going to be beautiful. I yeah. just don't. I, I don't mean, think I don't. Baker is ever. Baker holds a grudge like nobody else. Well, that's what we were saying while you were gone is that they've successfully tried to make him out to be this villain and turned him into the hero of the story. I mean, that's the most Cleveland thing in the history of things. They made him the hero. How? <laughs> yep. I mean, and so even if you trade him to to Seattle or you're 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 trying to 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 get him somewhere else, everybody else sees. They see that's a that's a dumpster fire over there. We don't have to give you anything. You've got no leverage. No. Nope. It's a mess. That's I feel bad for him. I really do. And I didn't when this first started at all. You know, I'm not a Baker fan, but gosh, man, that sucks. That's a sucky situation. I, but I am turning around on it myself too. I find well, myself rooting for the guy. Do Do you not think that here in, in in about two weeks, when when the hammer falls on Watson, they're gonna have to come back to the dude and go, "Hey, man, uh, you know, Ike still loves you. Come on back home." <laughs> I mean, they're gonna have to do <laughs> something because if they don't, just, just Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean. Is is that the solution in Cleveland this year? You bought all those weapons, and you've got yourself a a, a real nice nice Ferrari you want to take for a ride, and you want to put some 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 cookie cutters on it. I mean, it just you're going to get Jacoby Brissett out there, and he's going to be the answer. And that's what you're going to give yep. to your fan base this year, or you're going to do that for ten, twelve weeks until you know uh, Watson sets his deal, and then hopes that or or what if they what if they pop him the whole season? How's that look? The yeah. Browns are in a bad way. That is seriously on the table right now, too. That's a real possibility. Oh, it's, it's 100% on the table. 
I think there may be public outrage if that doesn't happen. I think that's why it's been leaked. It's sort of like, let's see how the public reacts to the idea. And nobody really batted an eye. So <laughs> they've got the green light to to do it now, I think. I think the public opinion is, yeah, go ahead and do that. Oh, I think it's you know, a balance. You're not going to see us outside the facility protesting it's a for this It's guy. a balance. It's a balance. The almighty dollar versus public opinion. Yep. I have one more story. How many minutes have you guys been going? What does your clock say? 41. Okay. I can squeeze this in. That's what she said. <laughs> Travion Williams is a professor now. You may not you may not know Travion Williams, and that's okay. Unless you're an Aggies fan, then it's not okay because he put together multiple thousand-yard seasons for them. He was sixth-round pick by the Bengals in 2019. He gets a few carries, whatever. That's not the cool part. The cool part is, He's doing much bigger things in life now. Mr. Williams is working with law professors to teach law students and student athletes about name, image, and likeness. He was on a podcast called Your Potential for Everything. It's hosted by a sports attorney slash consultant named Alex Sinatra. And he talked to her about, apparently they started this venture together. Somebody joked online that the A&M Law School was flying up the rankings of law schools and they tweeted something like, Oh, Travion Williams is rushing the law uh, program up the charts or something. And it got confused into this whole thing. And in the end, in the end, he ended up talking to this, this attorney and they got this thing going. It's no longer a joke. He's actually going to be at Texas A&M teaching these kids about name, image, likeness, what to expect, you know, and, with the help of law professors. I love this because there's sharks in the water, boys. Nobody wants to talk about this side of it. I know Chris does. These kids stand to lose a lot if they make the wrong choices as an 18-year-old. So, in fact, I love this so much, I'd like to see it go into the high school. I think that's where these kids are first getting, you know, the boosters and whoever the NIL people are approaching them. Let's get this into the high school get these four stars a little bit of guidance before because by the time you get to college, you've made some of your NIL deals possibly, but I love this. We kind of talked about it for a minute before you got back. And I'd I'd really love to see the course syllabus on this and, and, and see how this is laid out. Is this, I mean, it just, there's so many variables to this. And uh, again, this falls into my whole argument of why the NCAA has not, had just threw this out there and went, we're going to try this for a while. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see the syllabus. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, you know, it's the first, I believe this is the first year they're doing it. And it seems like a real experimental thing. But if it lands one recruit, they'll have one at every college campus. That, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. That's how it works, especially in the SEC. If, if it lands one person or one person says, one four-star recruit goes there because, well, they have an NIL class, and I really wanted to be knowledgeable about that. They'll have one at every one of them. They'll have it this time next year. There'll be some big-time former athlete teaching a class. I mean, that's how this works. That's Yep. I don't know. That's, you know, yeah, I don't anything know. that gets results, anything to get an edge over those other schools. Yeah, absolutely. A&M, A&M is by far and away the – biggest fundraising school in the SEC. It's not even close. I, I was doing some research on this the other day. It's not even remotely close. It's A&M and a distant everyone else. Um, and and I, I, I was surprised at that. I really was. But they, they obviously uh, have taken the uh, NIL deal as a as a challenge to dump dump some more uh, fundraising to the program and try to do what they can. And I have no doubt that they will probably be competitive the next few years. They have the number one recruiting class. We heard all about that. So, yeah. I don't know. What else we got? We got any, you got any more football you guys want to talk about? I mean, we got... Uh... McLaren's got a new deal. Yeah. He got the biggest signing bonus of any wide receiver every new contract is the biggest this or the biggest that the biggest signing bonus i don't know if terry mclaurin you want to pay him top five money if you're going to have carson wentz throwing him the ball i mean he's not going to get a lot of catchable balls from that guy you excellent player but 
you know, he's sort of got the Allen Robinson disease. He keeps getting shitty quarterbacks. I saw Wentz the other day in a in a in a Commanders jersey. It was the most odd thing oh. I've ever seen. It, that it just is weird. It's weird. It looks weird. Does it not? Is that just me? Because I I stared at it for like four or five minutes trying to figure out who this was. Why, and why does this look so weird, Angela? What did you yes. think? What is the woman's opinion? I didn't see the pictures, but I'm cringing because now that you're bringing it to my attention in that way, yeah, that would be like confusion. It's like that. What there's some comedian who talks about yeah. if you saw um, somebody on the street and they open their mouth and they bark like a dog, you'd freak out. <laughs> That's the same idea. That would be kind of alarming. Yeah, very as a as a ginger, I can say you got to be careful with reds and burgundies and oranges and things like that. It can play off of your ginger face a little odd. And that's, I think that's what happened there. He's got the helmet, the jersey. The, it all sort of blends together. He sort of looks like an NPC, maybe. The one I, I saw was a black and yellow black jersey with yellow numbers or something. And I was thinking, what about this has the history of Washington Redskins to it. I mean, are we completely getting away? Because my understanding was they were keeping the same colors, the the same color scheme. Um, which I mean, I just it's drastically different. And when when the first time that you see them on the field, you're you're going to be like, this is, looks like an expansion team. And, and well, I guess dark, essentially it is. Their dark I mean, jerseys yeah. look just like a Steelers uniform. Yes, absolutely. It's so weird. So weird. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I made a trade in our dynasty league today. I thought that would get the uh thought that would get the water moving a little bit. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why. Maybe nobody saw. Yeah. I, I haven't even looked at it yet. Honestly. Oh, you guys all got your notifications off. That's why. No, yeah. I got I got the notification. I was just like that I thought that was I figured that was the Oracle or Chris trying to swap <laughs> first rounders for twenty twenty seven. Anyhow. I wonder when those 2024 picks get picked up. When we can, when we can trade those. Elvin Kamara is facing possibly six games for. I'm not sure if it was him or his boys, but they destroyed that guy who bumped into them in the elevator. Um, I believe what happened was the guy wanted to come in the elevator. He was probably a little drunk, maybe. Kamara put his arm out. And sort of shoved him in the chest a little bit. Like, hey, no, catch the next one, man. And you look at these guys, they're probably ripped, wearing, you know, four decent homes worth of jewelry around their neck and on their fingers. And he decided, or somebody decided, let's have this conflict right now. And they they hospitalized him. I mean, broken orbital bones. He was fucked up. And now this is coming back around. He's possibly facing six games. We got suspensions getting handed out all over the place. Baseball, football. But no jail time, I assume. Right. <laughs> like, no charges. Right. He's, uh, he's no charges filed. Six, he scored six touchdowns in one game, John. He's above the law in Los Angeles or Las Vegas or Louisiana. And there's a new season ticket holder. <laughs> yeah. He did admit yep. to punching him a couple times from what I read or saw. So, I mean, it's not like he can be like, yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, again, you got to have guys for that. You got to have guys. Yeah. It all comes back to coach's guy. <laughs> you you got to have, have at least a guy. one guy. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have a goon on your That's squad. Exactly right. The squad with no goons, you're not you're not getting anywhere. It's vulnerable. Yep. It's vulnerable yep. squad. You got to have a driver, a goon, a bag man, yep. and a lookout. Yeah, very, very much so. And a lookout. Very much so. There's your four. I'm not going to tell you why he knows that, but he knows it. <laughs> That's right. It's almost yeah, like what? that's been discussed. So if he was with his yeah. homies, maybe those were all four, and he just couldn't control himself anyhow. What do you do then? Because that's the well, problem. I, I think you I can you, surround yourself with all those people, and for some reason, and all the classes and all the talking to and all of everything that you can go through, and for some reason, these guys just can't help themselves. And what I don't understand is, like, you know, they're amazing, right? But, like, at some point, there must be – a point where you draw a line in the sand, you know, it's a money-making business. It's a business. And so everybody's going to turn a blind eye and it's going to keep on going until it gets way out of control. I don't know what that means, but, you know. It means the goon needs to be falling on the sword today. (laughs) The goon needs to be calling in and saying, I I provoked that. It was me. 
<laughs> put me in jail. I'll do the time, whatever you need. That's what a good goon does. Yep. <laughs> John, Chris brought this up. It's a good idea. Who would, uh, what would our roles be if we were the guys? Ooh, yeah, I think Chris would have to be our goon. He's probably, <laughs> he's definitely the best fighter among us. And you're the corporate um, guy. Geez. So you, you have to yeah. be the bag man. Be the bag man? Yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, I think Eric's the lookout. I think he'll feel like he has his head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris's a good driver. I bet. And then coach is the driver because oh. he's the one that appreciates it the most. <laughs> except, except coach likes to throw him back a little bit. So I think maybe they could swap roles and, and maybe uh, uh, Chris could be the driver and coach could be the goon on uh, nights when coach wants to paint the town red. <laughs> yeah. Depends on Which if we're, you know, mainly during the week, Monday And I'm the Friday. one saying hams only. <laughs> I'm going to have to try one of those. It's been a couple of days since I've had a good ham. Ham. Yeah. Angela, you don't want to be a part of this crew. You don't want to be a part of this. You'll be Angela's the boy. Angela's our straight honeypot. She's going to go in for all the intel. She'll have everything. <laughs> She's a honeypot. Oh, my. Oh, God. All wow. right. Thank She'll... you, everyone, for listening. There are more and more of you all the time. It's so encouraging to see the positive reaction to what we are doing here. If you enjoy this show, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, Google, or whatever platform you're getting us on. Everything is interaction-based. That's how you climb the charts and get noticed. These reviews are working. We are seeing them, and so is the algorithm. You guys are listening to entire episodes and multiple episodes in a row. We love to see that. It helps a ton if you write some words in your review. Honestly, it can be anything. Hey, that host guy is incredible. He's totally a good driver and probably could beat people up. Um, tell us how many games you think Alvin Kamara should get, You know what your, what your role would be if you were a bag man. Uh, the AI bots just need to come by and see some characters in there. It's all positive for us if you do that. You can follow us at Patriots Pod on Twitter, Patriots Sports Now on the Instagram, Patriots Sports on Facebook. Don't forget to check out our golf podcast. Those guys just won me a hundred bucks today, no big deal, on a two dollar bet. Plus Money Golf. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> follow those guys over at Plus Money Golf. All one word. You can find Chris on Twitter and Instagram at PSR Producer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PSR Host Guy. John is too cool for social media. Coach is too set in his ways to learn a platform other than Facebook. So that just is what it is. Angela is on the Twitter at Angelatida with two H's. Good luck with that one. Until next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.